0: Hello there, this is Haley Crusher Kane, and you are listening to Sparkle and Destroy Podcast, and I am so stoked to talk to Rachel Ratner of the Wimps, because she's a real cool lady. Was that flat? I think that was real flat. Good thing I'm not uh, a musician or singer. (laughs) Um, I do want to introduce Rachel Ratner today. Um, she is from the Seattle band Wimps, and I interviewed her in the morning before she had had eaten even one bite of food, but after gulping down lots of strong coffee. So she was highly caffeinated on an empty stomach, which I think is the best way to go into any interview situation. Her Seattle band's new album, Garbage People, has been called Almost Catchier Than the Beatles by the Seattle Stranger. And I think that's a win in anyone's book. Almost catchier than the Beatles and almost bigger than Jesus. Well that, no, that, that's from something else. Rachel has played in a ton of Seattle bands and worked at KEXP as an outreach coordinator and overnight DJ. She is a connector of people and artists, and because she is a connector of people and artists, she built the Seattle Band Map, which is an amazingly weird and cool and genius online website that shows the intricate connections between all the local musicians in Seattle. You need to Google it right now. You need to check that thing out. It will blow your mind. It looks like a constellation of stars, but it's bands. Rachel started playing guitar when she was 15, but didn't really play any real band that did real band stuff like write songs and tour and all that stuff until she was about 25 when she joined part man, part horse. She played bass and keyboards in that band for the next 10 years. And in 2008, she formed butts (laughs) with Shannon Perry of gazebos. And please Google that as well. Awesome band, uh, where she got up the courage to sing and play guitar, which at first made her really nervous. I think we can all relate to that experience. And there's more on that later in the interview. Wimps formed in 2012 when her pals, Matt Neese of Consignment, Meth Teeth, and Swimmers, and his then roommate slash the best drummer in Seattle, that's in quotes, (laughs) David Ram of Intelligence and Universal People, started jamming and uh, Rachel was taken with how easy it all kind of gelled and they were having a good time and the songs were flowing. Since then, she's put out three records, a seven inch and a handful of self-released tapes. Please, please, please stick around to the end of the podcast to hear the title track off Wimps' new album, Garbage People. I think you'll find it very catchy indeed. Also, catch the band on tour July 13th through September 2nd. They're coming through California, Oregon, Washington, Chicago, Indianapolis, Nashville, North Carolina, Washington, D.C., philly and new york city so without further ado let's give this highly caffeinated gal a run for her money hopefully you will pick up her new album garbage people which is available available for pre-order now at kill rock stars rachel what you got i did put lipstick on for you oh
1: thank you good morning hi morning how are you Wow.
0: Good. (laughs) I didn't put lipstick on. Well, I hadn't done it all week, and I thought, you know, I just bought some drugstore red lipstick. You know when you do that. I got too excited. I was like, I can't wait to wear this $1 (laughs) wet and wild. I think that the the color is called um, Gossip. Wow. So, bright and early. (laughs) Uh, I haven't had
1: breakfast yet. I'm going uh, to so
0: have breakfast after this. Oh, I'm so excited. This is going to be, like, even weirder now.
1: This is my free breakfast.
0: Did you have coffee?
1: No, but uh, it's being made right now by my boyfriend.
0: Oh, my God. Thank God. Because I would just pause it and say no. Just say no. <laughs> so I wanted to start this interview. I know that we have a lot to talk about, and you have an awesome album that's coming out. Next month, on July 1st? 13th. Sorry, July 13th. Garbage yeah. People. Um, so I definitely want to talk about that, but there's a couple things about you that really, like, intrigued me in just a personal way that I want to get into. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> um, so t- the, two, the two things that made me think, like, I really, really want to talk to you. Not just that you're an awesome musician and you have a really quirky, weird sound and I love that about you. But you used to live in Slow, and now you live in Seattle, and I live in Slow, and I want to live near Seattle. Uh-huh. And then two is that um, you seem like a connector. You're somebody who, I just got this vibe when you were emailing me, you're someone who would be like reaching out to bands, trying to hook up bands with other bands, and then when you told me that you were like one of the first people to do the Seattle band map mm-hmm. and co- connect the bands, I really resonated with that because... I feel like no matter it's like it's like a disease. Like even when I'm not trying to connect people or bands, if someone hits me up and like, I can't help. Like I can't personally play with them or set up a show. I'm still like, you should hit up this person and that person. And I find those people to be like so, like energizing to be around and inspiring. But I only meet them every once in a blue moon. Right. So I wonder if you, um, do you resonate with that as a connector, or do you feel like you're that kind of person?
1: Um, I think I've been playing music for a long time and I probably wouldn't be where I was without like the kindness of other people. Like I think being in a band is really like being in a community and if it weren't for bands that spoke me and helped me out for stuff, put me up in their homes, I wouldn't have been able to go on tour and play shows and so I, I try to do the same for, for bands. So I just think of it more as just like, you know, giving, giving back and being kind. I think I... I think there's probably people that do more than I do in terms of booking shows and setting up shows, but I always want to help people. And I, I know a lot of people in the scene since they've been here for so long. And so I think just through, through, through being involved in music for so long, I feel like it's, I feel bad not helping people, you know?
0: So I guess I know what you're saying.
1: That's probably better people than me at it, but I, I like to help people when I can.
0: I don't know. I think, I think there's a lot of people that don't do what you do. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that there's definitely, I get that vibe from you and, um, I don't know. I think there are some people that start out in music and they maybe don't have that community to begin with, or they don't really know. I grew up in the punk scene, so I definitely have that sense of almost like, if you don't, you reciprocate, you're an asshole. Right, yeah. <laughs> the shows, the out, like it's your business together, you know? Like, you know. But I really genuinely enjoy it. And I want to like take it back to like, how did you, I, I love this idea of like, people think that touring is so glamorous and being in a band is so glamorous, and how you, they're like, how do you go to someplace you don't know, and you, like, play with these people, and, like, how do you find these people? Like, I want you to tell me how you found me, because I guarantee you it's the same way I find people like you, is I'll literally go on Bandcamp and just, like, find all the bands in that city, and I'll just, like, sit there and listen and I'll make a check mark next to their name, or, you know, I know one cool person in that region, and they're like, okay, here are the three cool people you need to hit up. I just wonder, like, how did you find me, and how did you set up your tour in California?
1: Totally. Um, it it was, was pretty recently, recently. That, I, that I think Apparently I found because you, because we were setting, we were setting up our tour in, tour California, in California, and I was trying to get a list of bands cool. in different cities that we might want to play with, Um so I was... Yeah, like I usually look, look on Bandcamp, I'll look at Facebook, I'll look at, like, my friends' bands who have been on tour, I've seen who they've played with, and then I, I think I was looking at, no I'm going to forget who it was, was it Mommy Long Legs, or, um, who was it that you, you played with someone up here that I was looking at, like, the day I was, the day after I was looking, like, it was, like, you were in Seattle playing with my friends' band. <laughs> I looked on
0: a Monday, and I was like, oh, this person's in town. i was just missing and so researching them now. Like, what are you with? Uh, Bay Witch and Beverly Crusher.
1: That's what it was. Yeah, Bay Witch and Beverly Crusher. I was looking at all who they were playing with, um, and I noticed they were playing with you and that you were from San Luis Obispo. And I was like, oh, this would have been perfect to go to the show and meet you. And I just found out about too late. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of just, like, who your friends know, what who they've been touring with, what bands do they like. Um, a band, you know, it's like that's the best, that's the most, that's the most that's the best, way I find out about other band,
0: probably. Is yeah. Shows, but what you just said happens to me so often, where I'm like, "Fuck, I missed uh-huh. that band! They're in my town!" <laughs> yeah, like one day, I'm one day too late. You know what's yeah. funny is I actually interviewed the sound woman from that show too, uh-huh. and because that whole show was so cool, like Beverly Crusher is so fucking awesome, and then like Lila from Baywatch, who I, I always want to say, Delilah do you remember that radio show? I told her about it, and she just looked at me with the weirdest face, like I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But um, that whole show was so what I imagined Seattle to be like, because the people that showed up were so like supportive. Even like the door person was super cool, and the door person was like, "Oh yeah, I'm in like five bands too," and we all like know mutual people, and it just felt like, is this town that integrated? But I guess it is. I would say I would say the music scene is pretty
1: tight knit, like especially within like kind of the punk scene. Um, punk in broad broad terms, yes. I think everybody, everybody kind of knows of each other or knows each other. Has played yeah. with each other. Has often been in bands with each other. It's, it's like a fairly tight, tight knit community I think. Yeah. And I think all the scenes are like a pretty tight knit, like hip hop scene and, and like you kind know, of like folk scene and country scene. And my, my one, my one wish is that there would be more kind of cross. You if I want to know more about these
0: bands, it's like I don't know them as well. They know maybe the Poxy,
1: but the Poxy for sure is pretty tight
0: Tell me about Punk the Vote. Um, well. that's so cool. And how can people do cool shit like that? Like, I feel like you just woke up. When I read the article, it was like it just seemed like you just woke up and was like, "I'm gonna do this," and then you just did it.
1: <laughs> that, that's kind of what happened. I was like, uh, I think it was the Republican <laughs> National Convention that just happened like two years ago. And they were like, uh, Trump was the nominee. And I was like, oh, shit! like, are you kidding me? Like, I don't know. I've never I would never classify myself as like a political person at the time. Like I care about the world and people and stuff. But I I don't know. I never I never was paying too much attention to that. And then I was just like, well, this is terrible. Like, I I don't know. I don't know if it'll make a difference, but I feel like I need to do something. And I want to get all the people I know to try to do something.
0: What did you do? Like, was it just a tweet or like, how did you like get people involved? Because if we're talking about a concert that you put that you helped spark, in response, it was
1: like a month-long series of concerts. Oh, okay. Where we had like shows every weekend leading up to the November elections, with the goal of getting people who were younger, maybe new to the scene, to, to register to vote. If they had voted, and encouraging people who maybe were jaded and didn't think that voting mattered to vote. You know, so just kind of like a get out of the vote kind of a thing. Um. So I'm trying to remember what I did. I think I I think I just posted. Yeah, maybe on Facebook and Twitter, Like, I'm interested in putting on some concerts, like let me know if you'd like to help or something like that. And then I got like 200 responses of people that wanted to help, which was awesome, because I don't know if I would have been able to do it all by myself, it by myself but it would have been a lot of work. Um, so I, I kind of wanted to make everyone in charge of their own thing and their own scene. So I was trying to get people who lived in different neighborhoods, who knew different bands to book their own show. And then I would help coordinate it and promote it under the like umbrella of Punk the Boat, and I would, I would like, bring people from um different like political local like um political organizations to talk to about candidates and then i brought like handouts and i had each one had a different um local nonprofit that the money would go to so it really felt like it was like giving back so one would give to like a local homeless community and one would go to like an abuse prevention thing um but it was really like i wanted to help i wanted to help empower the people putting on those shows to like benefit the people they cared about and get their friends there and then i would just help connect them and bring in the resources, you know? Because
0: you're not a connector. Because I'm not a connector. Um, (laughs) So I'm a connector, I guess. I mean, come on. Like, I think it only works when somebody has that, like, you knew people's strengths, and you, instead of trying to boss people around to make it happen, you, like, empowered different groups to do it. And that's so cool. Like, I think that's kind of how you have to deal with, bringing different groups of people together, especially with, for a political, for, like, people that don't vote, like, that, remember the, like, the 90s, like, get out the vote, rock the vote, like, wasn't it, like, Axel, like, who, remind me, was it Axel Rose, or who was the person that was, like, like, doing, like, the campaign, like, who was that? I
1: remember, but I remember I was young then, and I remember, like, hearing about rock the vote, and, like, it was on all of MTV and stuff, so. Yes! In the back of my mind when I, when I was thinking of this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for word for like 30 people that helped, helped me do it and help table and you know, all this stuff, it wouldn't, it wouldn't happen. Oh, I know. And it was like, it felt really good doing it. I guess I, like I said, obviously it didn't, obviously it didn't make a difference, but I think it <laughs> feel like they could be somewhere and do something together and felt like we had a shared belief and we were all against this together and it made it feel like
0: something to do, you know? Yeah. Well, I think the process of it is what makes the difference. Like Mm -hmm. for me, I started the podcast after the pussy grabbing um, quote came out. And I don't know why that was the thing. Like, why was that the thing? But um, I thought, well. The people that do good. (laughs) And I was like, I just want to do something, even if it's really small and intimate, because it makes me feel more sane. So I think even something as small as a concert can really be healing, even if it's just like, okay, for this one week or month that you did these shows people were like I have a place to go I don't have to sit home and drink or eat my feelings like I could go out and like talk to people and feel not alone Holy so dear. I think that's the process I mean there's so many events that I put on where it's like or even tours where it's like what was the point of that like <laughs> if I'm going to quantify it by people showing up it maybe I don't <laughs> <laughs> the point is to do it right <laughs> the point is to do it and I'm excited you're on tour. I'm going to list all your tour dates in the show notes as well. Cool. Um, but um, you don't have anything interesting to say about, I just wanted to know, living in slow, was there like any memories you have of Boo Boo Records or KCPR that f- were formative to you? Because I know you went off to work at K- KEXP. Yeah. No, so. I, I don't know
1: if I would have connected to I think I remember being a little kid having a babysitter that was a DJ on KCPR. I remember thinking that was so cool. She's like,
0: you can call in
1: and request a song, and I'll play it. And I was like, oh, wow. You know, and I was like, I don't know, maybe eight or ten or something. I remember calling in, and I think I requested, like, Under the Bridge by Red Hot Chili Peppers because I was ten, and that was, like, what was popular at the time. And she, like, played it and said my name on the radio, and I was like, this is so cool. So I always remember that. I was, I mean, when I got to high school, I was listening to KCPX. I so was the neat way to find out about bands. I I never would have heard about otherwise yeah that was like the school yeah. something that I didn't know how to get into it or what it was but it was like really neat and I think I, I took that with me when I went to college and then I did college radio college and then I think i K the case after that
0: so you were in slow San Luis Obispo California till you were like out of high school yeah
1: I went there through high school I graduated from San Luis Obispo high school and then I came up to Washington State for college
0: oh my god that's so weird to me I just never meet anybody who's from here and yeah. it's Internet, but yeah. it's a twilight zone one last question just because I have to Okay, I was good at boo
1: records too Like that's where I would get all my, all my CDs and tapes, like I think I bought my first cassette there and it was probably like, I think it was like uh, Super Unknown by Soundgarden, you know, there people would say it was cool out of vibes. box I was like so interested in finding out about music I didn't know how to anyway,
0: same, yeah, the yeah. boo-boos was a big deal for me and I remember the cool record store guy who was, like, not intimidating, but very, like, look at your selection and be like, "Hmm, that's a good selection, like, and he's still there.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, ten years later, but anyways, I just, I had to walk down memory lane. So, another thing that I thought was kind of interesting was the fact that you played guitar at 15, um, and then, I just love this, like, I feel like this story is so common, People that pick up an instrument and maybe they stay more on the sidelines until a lot later in terms of, like, I think singing and putting yourself out there in that way is a lot more, like, you're inviting a lot more criticism directly at you. And I just wonder, I'm making assumptions about your story, but um, I wonder, like, the journey from picking up guitar at 15 and then at 25, like, that's when you joined Part Man, Part Horse, right? Right. And then you were doing bass and and keys and stuff. I wonder, was it, like, a constant journey to get to where you are? Because now with Wimps, like, you're... It's like you. I mean, it feels very you. Like, it's your spirit is so upfront. I wonder, like, has it been a journey in that sense? Or has it been more of a roundabout thing where you've learned different things from different bands and it wasn't always like, oh, I'm too scared to sing, you know? I think it was a bit Bit of a both. Like, I, I really
1: love music and I really wanted to play music when I was, when I was 15, but I, I just didn't know how to go about it or how to, how to be in a band or, or what to do. So I just focused on like learning the songs that I liked and playing them on the radio, playing them with the radio and stuff like that. But yeah. I never really thought, I don't know, I didn't know how to be in a band. And I was in college and I was kind of in a band that I would played like toy instruments, but it was just like fun, you know? And I was like, oh, this is fun being on stage, but I didn't really know how to do it. And then when I was in, when I moved to Seattle after college, I was working at Easy Street Records, which is a record store. And through that, my, my coworkers, um, they're like, hey, you want to play music? I was like, yeah, I guess so. So that was more just like, this will be fun. And then through that, I, I, I could kind of figure it out in the bass because I knew guitar and they're different. But
0: I, and that was part man, part horse, right? Right. Well, so I played the bass in that. But that which, was, that was like, can I just say, I don't know if you know, know this band, but I feel like when I was listening to them, I felt very like Flesh Eaters vibes.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's definitely like Gary the Singer is um, okay. really into that kind of stuff. Um, okay. And he was a very like in-your-face kind of singer was, like, a little bit antagonizing to the audience, and that was great for me because I was kind of shy, and I could kind of hide in the corner and play bass, and everyone would be looking at him doing wild stuff, and no one would be paying attention to me. He
0: looked like an Iggy Pop kind of character, like, in some of the photos. Like, he's, yeah. I think he has body paint on? Sometimes.
1: Oh. Yeah, he went through a few phases, but often he was shirtless and he was getting, getting pretty wild in the audience. Uh, so that made me, like, more comfortable playing, and I, was like, I could become a better player. Um, and then, yeah, it's to be like a long, I don't know, interesting, it was a long progression and then I, with my friend Shannon, we we yeah. kind of wanted to be in a band, um, just to be silly. Um, Butts. That was my first chance writing songs, and that was Butts, so that was when I we started playing guitar again more, and just being like, let's write song about this. So it was a lot of times us just, like, getting drunk together and being like, let's write song about this, and then we would have, like, an album of songs.
0: And, and like, just, not to interrupt you, but, like, listeners, please go to band camp right now and go to Butts and yeah. listen to Butts, and listen to the, book, listen to this. Uh, I like the song Cigarettes Thanks. a lot, wow. but I want people to go and check out Butts, because it's kind of funny, because isn't Shannon Perry like Seattle royalty now, and like, uh,
1: really successful um, uh, tattoo artist, and really doing wonderful, she has her own shop, and she's, yeah, well, awesome.
0: wow. I mean, I have a pen pal in France who I met through my music, and she was like, um, oh, I really like that band Gazebo, and. Even like people in Europe are like have their eye on Seattle in this way, and I, I was just like, I love Butts because it takes it back. It takes it back, and it's so
1: raw. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely like really like flowered as progressed as a person. Like she's an amazing artist and, and uh, singer. And yeah, tattoo artist and everything. She kind of puts her mind to. She does. Uh, she does wonderfully. Um, but that was definitely more of a silly. That was more like let's be like silly friends, and it turned out to be for me. Uh, kind of it made me feel like, oh wow, I can really write songs and I can I can sing and be in front of people. Um, and so I thought th- that was my like.
0: Question kind of, about that: Do you feel like that worked because you were working with a friend that you really trusted?
1: Um, probably.
0: I mean, I think I felt like I could really try
1: whatever I wanted and say whatever I wanted. Yeah. And I would, wouldn't be judged. So I felt I felt kind of like a safe a safe place to do that. Um, I, I imagine I made because I had other people too, but it was was great to have such a close friend to do at the time. So it made you feel like I. She wasn't going to make fun, fun of me if I just stupid, you yeah.
0: know? Right. I kind of wonder if that's something that maybe certain younger musicians would benefit from, like, making sure, maybe taking a step back to go forward. And then by back, I mean, like, just being crazy and silly and, like, feeling safe about what you're writing and not feeling like you have to have this image of being cool. Like, For sure. you know, like a, a band that's more of, like, pl- a play date, which I think yeah. I had a similar experience that was like that. And yeah. it was really freeing. Yeah. Especially if you're new, I think a lot of people, especially if you're insecure about not being the best musician, which I wasn't and still aren't, um,
1: it made me feel like I can still do it. And I think that was the whole point. Like, I can do it. I mean, it's kind of like the point of punk, right? Like, anyone yeah. can play it. Anyone can do it. It's, like, kind of empowering that way. Like, you don't have to have the best guitar skills or the best voice, and you can still write cool songs.
0: Your vocals are really dry and... Um... They're very interesting. I mean, I feel like you have a lot of character to your voice. Did you have to struggle with over singing before you could like really just be yourself? I mean, I did. I felt like I had to over sing like a different person. And then I came back to myself and was like, my voice is fine. That like, I can just, I can just sing like a normal person. (laughs) Because I feel like your singing is very relaxed. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of like, um, putting on airs. Like you're just, just you. Was that hard for you to do? Or was it easy to just come at it like that? Um, well, I think it's sometimes when you have, like,
1: I've heard people say, like, when you're, like, restrained with your resources, you're more creative, but I I don't have, like, a very, uh, diverse voice, like, I really can't sing beautifully, (laughs) uh, I have, like, a very narrow range of notes I can hit accurately, so I just kind of, would often just sing in my kind of talking voice range, and that kind of limited how I would, how I would do it, at least for for butts, and then, um, for website, I know they. As, song, as songs progress, like I sing in quotes more now. I try to try to do some harmonies and things, but um, I think it's more just within what I think I feel comfortable doing. And then for me, the funnest is just, uh, yelling. So I, I was yeah. trying to figure out how I could yell in a way that sounded like me without blowing my voice. Um, was was a challenge because at first I was like, I'm gonna yell all my songs. And then I go on tour and I blow my voice to like the second second day. Uh, so now I try to yell and uh, but i like, like I kind of feel like I should have like a singing lesson so I can no not blow my voice, but um, but, but yeah, yeah.
0: I, I don't know. I guess it's just
1: how I sing.
0: It just feels very easy, like the way you sing. Just I, it's very easy and natural, and like I, I think you can tell when somebody's trying to sing in a certain way, and it just seems like the way you sing is the only way you could sing. <laughs> yeah, kind of Does that make sense? <laughs> sense? I think
1: anything other than myself, I, and I love that you know, somebody else if I, if I tried.
0: And I love the sound of, um, the new album. I've only heard Garbage People, the self-titled track, and, Mm -hmm. um, The Brain. Giant Brain? Giant Brain, yeah. But I think both of those are amazing songs, and, like, really, like, I don't know, like, it makes me just want to, like, cruise down the road in a car, and, like, I don't know, go to, not go to the beach, but maybe, like, go to the swap meet. (laughs) I don't (laughs) know. It's like, I don't know, there's something about it that's, like, very, um playful and like I don't know like danceable but cool I, I I wonder like what when you guys were writing it like what was the the vibe that you guys were going for um I don't know if we were
1: intentionally going through a, like for a vibe but I think we've talked about quite a bit like my my goal for the band is to always be in a band that I would want to see like both live and that I would like to listen to and I like to listen to bands that are like kind of upbeat and fun I like yeah was when bands are upbeat and fun so we really try to put on like an exciting live show, and I think I, even if the subject matter is kind of a downer, which it often is on the inside, uh, I, I would have, hey, serve it up in a way that I would like to listen to. A lot of the punk bands that I like um, would be kind of maybe tiny cheek, fun and that beat, even if they're singing about dark, darker stuff. Yeah. So I think that's, that's just kind of the mentality that I, I would... If, the song, if I'm bored playing the song, I wouldn't want anyone... Else. I think other people would be bored listening to it, you know. would so yeah. keep it interesting for me. What's Giant Brain about? Um, well, in my, in my day job I'm a web developer and I feel like sometimes we're, uh, through the internet, creating a giant conscious brain that is the internet that's going to take over uh, our lives and so it's about the struggle of uh, kind of our natural selves versus this new c- computer, <laughs> computer world that I'm uh, spending on my daytime hours creating
0: against my my, will against my will but that would be a great screenplay for like a dystopian futuristic movie except it's our daily lives right yeah all the stuff
1: that we're doing that we're relying on google and stuff and like in the future i think they're gonna kind of try to implant it further into our mind i don't know what they're gonna do but it's definitely like a little bit of a joke but it's kind of like what if this happened and maybe it is happening you know
0: (laughs) i think it is and i think that that's that should be its own concept album it should be (laughs) So speaking of the Internet and doing good things on the Internet, um, Lila gave me the Fuck Your Boys Club list of bands, which I had had never heard of. And she was like, oh, yeah, there's this list of bands that are all marginalized people or or, uh, femme fronted bands or people that just aren't, you know, at the forefront of the local of the music community all across the nation. And I was like, whoa, I've heard of this, but like I had never seen it and I just got it. What? I don't know about about it. Oh, my God. So I was like, and when you said that you had created this um, band map, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I wonder if, like, one is the precursor to the other. So anyways, the map, the one I'm talking about right now is just a Google Doc, and I'll send it to you. Um, And if anybody wants that, I can send it off to you. But tell me about the band map. Like, I I love that you said that, like, the bands, it's connecting the bands together. What does that mean? Like, you mean, like, you were trying to show how each band, like, 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 help, like what was, just yeah. shut me up and tell me what I'm trying to talk about. Okay.
1: okay. Uh, so, I can't remember,
0: I think I, it was kind of when I was in
1: Butts, I think, and I, I was noticing that whenever I was at a show meeting someone, they'd be like, oh, this is so-and-so, she was in a band with so-and-so, you know, they were in a band with so-and-so, and I was like, oh, everyone's been in a band with everybody in the scene. So I, I kind of started drawing it out, I would draw like, you know, butts with a circle around it. And then I would say, oh, I'm in a band with Shannon. And she was in this band, so-and-so. And and then just by my own hand, I connected, like, 300 people who had played with other people. So then I kind of showed it to my friend Keith Whiteman, who was an artist, and he was like, we should really, like, make a whole art opening with this. This would be really fun. So um, I lived near, like, a little art gallery at the time, Cairo Art Gallery, and they were finally doing it. So we made, like, a whole wall-sized piece of paper, and we had our kind of beginning... 30 seed bands that we knew about on it and then for two days we invited people in to just add the bands that they knew um and we had like drinks and snacks and, and people would come in and it was awesome because they started everyone was just like kind of reminiscing like oh I remember this band and, oh I remember ah! this band and it was like hundreds of people came in and were just like writing all the bands that they knew and then by the end of two days there was almost I want to say like 900 or thousand bands on it and I was like this is awesome like I bet this exists everywhere, maybe, or maybe it doesn't. Like, I didn't know if this is a Seattle thing or if this is an everywhere thing. Um, so this is kind of how I ended up getting into being a web developer. We were like, we should make this like an online thing, and um, a of people to like Wikipedia style add new bands and show connections and see kind of see where it goes. Um, so I I um, took some night classes at community college and I partnered up with someone who already knew web development because I wasn't advanced enough to figure out how to do that at the time. Um, And we made this website, which now is very out of date and rudimentary, which I'm hoping to update, but it was, it was very much that. So people started, I mean, now there's thousands and thousands of bands that shows, so you click on a band and it'll say like, there was a band called the Unnatural Helpers that were around like 10 years ago and they had like 50 connections because this person was always just rotating through people, but that was like kind of a hub band and through that it sprung out all these other bands. So it was like a neat way for people to see where their kind of influences were and who, in, who inspired who and who worked together with who. Um, how
0: do I get to this website? I'm so excited. It's still up now. Like I said, it it's definitely
1: like looks very old because I haven't updated it in a long time. But if you just go to seattlebandmap.com, you can see it and you can click on bands and you can see how they're connected. And my, my vision for it, and I'm working with a new guy um, named Bishop who's, who wants to help me because i like was so busy, um, is to make it more like a research tool too. Where, where how you were saying on Bandcamp, you can listen to them. So not only can you see who's connected to who, but you can hear what they sound yes. like, records and stuff like that. Um, so maybe in the future there'll be, there'll be more of that.
0: But if you do that, I could see that being replicated all over the place. I mean, yeah. think about how useful that would be as a book, like booking a band. Oh, That's really, yeah. so useful. I think so
1: discovering bands and finding finding out who to play with and um, so just like, what, did
0: nobody try to replicate this I'm shocked like nobody like hit you up like I want to do this in New York I want to do this in wherever
1: um I feel like there's been a couple that I've that I've heard of in different cities I want to say there was one in maybe Montana um but I haven't seen a ton that does not mean there aren't there aren't a bunch. When I was doing it I was looking around I had seen a bunch but maybe there's more now. It's been it's probably been almost eight years or something. Um but I definitely feel like in most scenes, there was probably something that, that could work. I, my, my my dream at the time was, like, how can I connect myself to, like, the Beatles? <laughs> you know, like, is there a way through eight steps I can figure out someone who's played with someone, you know, like that? Um, or get around to other countries, like, because then people will travel. Um, but, yeah, I, don't, I, I, I encourage people to do it. And, and I think we wanted to also make our, our goals now is to make it kind of open source so people can, like, access the data. Um, so maybe
0: we'll do that. This is a lot like that online genealogy site, um, mm-hmm. right? Do you know Yes, because, yeah. it, you know, what's so beautiful about it is it relies on the fact that people want to share, mm-hmm. and it relies on the fact that people are trusting and, and are okay with, like, sharing information, and I love that. Like, the whole idea of open source is so inspiring to me. I feel mm-hmm. like, did you take, like, a break from being so involved in the music scene when you went into your career? Like, do you feel like you put a lot into it and then it almost sounds like you kind of took a breather and now you're back? <laughs> I think for a
1: while, cause I was learning a new thing, um, when I was just, I, I I started learning more development like six years ago or eight years ago. I, I just had to be more focus on it because I was learning something new. Yeah. So, like, a couple years of like, getting jobs and figuring out what I was doing um I mean I was always in bands throughout that but um now that I feel like I know what I'm doing it's taking up less of my mental energy so I have more time to do do more music again so
0: good that's good I um tell me about working with um the people you play with in Wimps who is it Ryan who is it um Matt
1: Nice and David Ram
0: Matt and David and your drummer is super um in front of a camera he like steals the show uh huh (laughs) I love his just like straight ahead look uh, just like you know
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> he seems really cool so why was it so easy for you to just like jump in with these two dudes and be like all right cool like I write songs now and I'm the front person and like it's all easy <laughs> uh,
1: I, I don't know I um had known so the Keith the guy that I had done the band map with he and I we're playing music together Never we kind of became a real band but he was like i know this guy matt he's been in a bunch of bands he's in bands i like to call one of all of uh, um, off, cause and i've um, been messy for a while and he's like, oh, it, maybe we can jam so for maybe six months keith and matt and i were dating a lot of but then later Bucks was breaking up which is a funny word to say and uh and i was like I think I was chatting with Matt at a show or something, and I was like, well, if you ever want to play music again, so I remember, like, enjoying it, um, I'd be up for it. Um, and he's like, well, it's got days uh, moving into our house. He's a great drummer. Like, maybe you could come over and we could
0: jam. So it was very, like, informal. Came you want to like, jam? Yeah, I know. Exactly like that.
1: Um, and I, I had been, like, kind of writing some songs uh, kind of that had my back pocket, but it ended up just being really, like, easy and fun. Um, and it, it just suddenly we were writing songs. So for whatever reason, we, we all had a good chemistry and it ended up being like we had a show like three months later and we had six songs the show it was really fun so it just seemed easy at the time
0: and you could kind of feel that chemistry when you listen to wimps like there's definitely like a playful fun you guys all like each other i mean you can't make that kind of music if there's any angst and like you're not an angsty band there's no mystery at all
1: (laughs) i think we're lucky because a lot of bands will
0: have which sometimes is good, it makes
1: a band good, like some really strong personalities. I'm not saying we yeah. have strong personalities, but we're all kind of easygoing and just like being in a band, and we're all uh, at a point in our lives where we have like jobs and bands, so we put in what we can, but we're not like stressing about it the way you might if it was your only thing, so I think that makes it more easy and fun. Yeah. Not to that there aren't hard times or it's tiring, but I think we, we all get along because we all are just like, let's do this while we can because it's great, and we get along, and you know, um,
0: yeah. Speaking of your tour that's coming up, are, do you have any tips for people that are booking tours, and how much touring have you really done in your career? Um, Let's see. Each, like, I
1: probably went on three tours with part and part horse, and maybe three or four with butts, and then we've toured probably twice a year that we've been in Wibs, which has been, like, six years, so, like, a fair amount. I've never gone on, like, three-month tours because we've all worked. We're usually constrained okay. by what time, time off we, we can all get, get together, to Canada, It ends up be- being two or three weeks. Um, so often we'll go on like two weeks here in spring and then two weeks in fall. Um, so that's a fair amount. Um, we've gone to uh, Japan once, every year. Europe. Um, Canada once. Uh, I'd love to go. Yeah.
0: I don't know. Back up, back up. This is a reoccurring theme on the podcast, talking about touring Japan. So what was your experience like in Japan, briefly?
1: Oh, um, it, was, it was, for us, it was amazing. We, we had um, really kind hosts who paid flies over there and put us up in their house, like we were in this guy's daughter's room.
0: <laughs> Wait, they paid? Yeah. Please explain this. Please explain this. I wish I could. They were like, hey, uh, you want to play Japan? And we were like, sure. <laughs> uh, if you can- were they just music fans? That sounds like the ultimate, ultimate dream, at least in my opinion. Did you feel like you were Cinderella? It seemed like it was like one of those things that was like a joke, you know. Like we get
1: those calls, we get emails sometimes. They're like, "Hey, you want to come to Russia?" We're like, "Yeah, get us over there," you know. Or like, "Hey, you want to come to Alaska?" We're like, "Sure, but you need to help help us get there." And so this guy's like, "Hey, you want to come to Japan?" We're like, "Sure, you can cover our tickets," you know. Um,
0: and then he's like, "Okay," and we were like,
1: "Okay," <laughs> like we
0: Like it was a stalemate of like, I guess this is happening then. Um, and so he he's been um
1: he he's been helping promote American bands over there in the past, and we found out he had brought like Silkworm and maybe Hot Snakes over. Um, so we had asked those bands about him and said he was really nice. And so he's trying to get more into this, and he partnered with this woman Maki, who's like really into the punk scene there, and she was in um, a bunch of bands um, in the '90s and 2000s that were like all girl punk bands. Um, so My she God. was like really awesome to have her. she knew everybody in all the different cities, so it really felt like being in an awesome kind of U.S. punk tour. Oh my god! Yeah, it was really, I mean, so all the venues were like pretty small, like 50, 100 person venues. All the bands were like really good punk bands. Um, we ate at
0: 7-Eleven. You know, we were just doing it like you Question. would. Like, stuff I've heard that they, they like wash the stage before and after and that all your instruments are just like on stage ready to go and there's like everyone has a guitar tech.
1: Oh, maybe we were playing a smaller scale tour. Like Other people were <laughs> okay, grungy places. Like it felt like we were in a lot of dirty punk bars. People were very nice. Everyone had background. They were very polite. The sound was always good. Um, so it was very easy in that respect. But definitely, maybe in a nicer venue it would be slightly different. We were definitely in like kind of small punk venues.
0: Did people? I heard this. People in the crowd just watch. We experienced that once in Tokyo
1: when we were playing a larger venue. That was probably our biggest show, and people were very polite, and then they would clap and they would watch. But when we were playing a lot of these small venues, um, people actually would dance and get get a little ruckus. So I think we must have tapped into some maybe newer or more underground punk scene. But everyone was definitely like wearing leather jackets, and people had like American band T-shirts on, oh. and they were like, "We're at a punk show." Or some people were definitely like. Um, very, very kind and dancing. Some people would show up from work in their like office suits and then they'd be drinking and dancing. Um, so we definitely yeah, I think I was very, I felt very lucky. Like everyone was very kind and um we got to see a little bit of like eight different cities. Um and I would have never gotten to do it otherwise. So I'm very thankful to them for bring us over there.
0: Oh, thank you for sharing that because that is like one of the things <laughs> that I'm super excited about doing one day and I just love fantasizing about it. I probably like fantasizing about it more than I will enjoy going because I imagine the food and
1: yeah, uh,
0: just everything. You know, it's, it's, it's like anything, it's like you're
1: you're in a foreign place and you don't know. No one really speaks English very well, and you don't know what you're eating. And I'm a vegetarian; I just couldn't find vegetarian food. Um, oh no! Uh, <laughs> everyone's like, "What do you mean? There's vegetarian?" And then everything has like pork sprinkled on it. So I ended up just being like, "I'm going to eat whatever because I can't. I don't know what I'm eating, so I'll do my best." Um, but it was, it was wonderful. It was really cool to see. Uh, another part of the world you know
0: it's amazing do you have any tips for people that are like torn like trying to book their own tours obviously you still book your own tours i mean it's not like you just get to a point and you're like okay now someone else book it for me right we
1: still do a lot of work we do have through killer rock stars like some we have a person that helps us um reach out to venues which is awesome and and like it sometimes get guarantees, which i'm really bad about doing otherwise so i think that's like a little bit of a step up for us but then we end up picking all the bands that we play with but you know, some of that kind of the groundwork now, which
0: is awesome. Would um, you say that's an important tip? Because I feel like some bands don't pick their own bands, and, like, that can really fuck up the I mean, vibe. I was going to say, yes, you
1: don't you need don't someone to secure bands. That's, like, a new thing that we have. But
0: definitely, like, I think
1: just, like, researching who's in the cities that you like or, like, listening to bands on Bandcamp um, and then just reaching out to those bands. Like, yeah, it's, like, you want to play with bands that you like, whose music you like, who are going to like you. So it's, like, find bands that you think you have something in common with. Um, when bands come to town from other cities, go see them, meet them, play with them. That's like the best way because then you actually have band friends in other cities. So it's really like becoming part of your touring community has been how we've gotten all the best shows. Like whenever we go to San Francisco, we know someone that we play with because they play with us when they come up here. Like um, so so really doing that, I think, is, is the biggest thing. And then being kind to people because you're going to require them to be kind to you. Like hopefully someone's going to put you up on their floor and someone's going to help you, you know, play with with their band. So, um, I think that's my advice is is try to be as involved in the community as you are able to, because it'll pay back, you know.
0: And kindness is practical. Yeah. It's practical to be kind. I mean, it's good to be kind, but it's also practical. It's like. Friends, uh, they'll want to help hang out
1: with you. So yes.
0: I agree with that completely. I think that's a really good tip. Um. Um, oh, I'd love to ask you about KEXP, um, mm-hmm. becoming a nerd for the whole region up there and doing two tours up there so far. Like, it seems like that's like the Mecca. Like, everybody wants to play those live sessions and mm-hmm. they're beautiful and like the videos are gorgeous and the sound yeah. is gorgeous. Um, I don't really know the history of KEXP, but is, that, is it still as relevant today as it always has been or has it become it seems like it's just, like, this, like, it, with the internet, there is no, like, indie underground thing anymore. There's no, like, thing to look towards. I and mean, there's no real radio anymore either, it seems like. Everyone just kind of is splintered in terms of, like, what they're listening to or it's just they look on the internet. Do you feel like there's, like, a community around that that's really unique to Seattle? Like, how, why is it such a thing? From a, I'm an outsider, so when I see it, I just think, like, ooh, and then I think, I want to do that, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, it's an, I think WFMU does that to a certain degree, but I think KXP is more focused. It started as a college station. It used to be the University of Washington station, like, in the 70s and 80s and 90s. And then um, it got... I don't know what was going on and why it wasn't going to be able to be continued there, but it ended up getting some kind of larger grants and then becoming, like, a nonprofit, like, in the 90s. Okay. And it became its own thing. And then it was, like, very small for a while, all volunteer run. But then it started doing kind of membership drives, and then it was just, like, a very slow, like, organic growth from... You know, like five employees to ten employees. So now I think it has maybe 30 employees, or you know, it's fairly, fairly big, big operation kind of Yeah. operation. But um, I think it's just been it's grown because people love it and are, are becoming members and are, are allowing it to grow. And, and um, everyone really is very legitimately passionate about music. And what, as to why it exists, works here, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but <laughs> it's um, just the mystery. I, I think they just really they've got it right. I mean, they they, they do a good job of. Like, they let the, they pick DJs who love music and who go to shows, and they let them pick the music they want to play, so they're not tied to, like, a certain formula or what they think can be popular. They're just somebody who really loves hip-hop doing the hip-hop show.
0: And, and you were great. a DJ for several years, right? I was. When I, when I graduated college, I,
1: I volunteered for a long time, and then I ended up getting, uh, I worked the grave shift. I worked, like, um, midnight to 6 a.m., three days a week, and that was awesome, and I, um, so much about music but then eventually i need to get a day job and then i had to give up those shifts um and those people who were there are there for their entire lives so it's uh but I, so I would never be able to be in a day shift because i was like doing the night shift for like 10 years and i just ended up wanting to do but now i, I fill on sometimes but um uh but yeah people just love it and they, and they care about it i think that translates sure i think people like listening to music that someone's selected for them it's possible, you know
0: yeah Who are your favorite bands right now, or like just in general? Like, what are bands that you are excited about, either in Seattle or just in general? Um, I when I was writing this new
1: uh, uh, record, I was consciously like, I only want to listen to a lot of punk. I grew up listening to is mostly. male focus and I was like I want only to only be surrounded by uh women and uh, um voices you know so I I actually started making this like Spotify playlist with everything that I like that um, was not a male a male voice um and so I was listening to a lot of that I think hopefully that seeped into my subconscious um, <laughs> But there was also, I mean, I, I, there were things that I, I hadn't ever really gotten into at the time, like Susie and the Banshees, or like related to Kleenex, or like newer bands like Goron Grunge Rockstars rock stars. Or there's um, a band like called Table Sugar. That's in Olympia. That's really cool. Um, so or like Crass, like the one where like the Penis envy album was like so awesome. Like, um, so I, I don't know. I, I'm really trying to. I feel like almost like re-educate myself by by actively trying to listen to bands that I that I knew about, but maybe hadn't as much time with when I was younger, Ah, um,
0: so. oh, this is such a good self-care tip, like, I feel <laughs> like this should be a thing everyone does, like, make a playlist of all the bands you wanted to get into, and then yeah. for whatever reason, it didn't happen. Yeah, so now whenever we go to the gym, or, like, I'm on the bus,
1: I'm just like, listen to this, and try to make sure,
0: I just want to keep learning about stuff, and not, it's easy to get stuck in a, in a rut, this... Oh my god, stuff. I feel like in high school, all I listened to was, like, 80s punk bands that were dude band, like, dude, right. 80s, hardcore, like, I don't even know... Like, <laughs> it's
1: like, it's like, what well, you knew that, it. it's like, well, especially then before the internet, it's like, unless someone tells you about
0: something, like, or yeah. a story tells you about it, it's hard to find out about Yeah.
1: That. It's like,
0: yeah, now it's much easier to learn about stuff. To yeah. It can get kind of overwhelming, but
1: um, there's a lot of good stuff out there.
0: Sparkle and Destroy podcast is sponsored by Dr. Kane's Comics at 778 Marsh Street in San Luis Obispo, California. Now featuring a load of classic arcade games you can play right in the store. Make sure to go to thesewimps.com for more information on their Record Garbage People, which is coming out July 13th, as well as their tour dates that are taking them all over the country. On the 13th, they'll be in Portland, the 14th, Seattle, uh, July 27th, they'll be in Sacramento, July 28th, they'll be in San Francisco, on the 29th, they'll be in Santa Cruz, the 31st, Goleta. Uh, August 1st, Los Angeles, August 2nd, San Diego, August 3rd, Chicago, August 4th, Aurora, August 5th, Indianapolis, on the 6th, they'll be in Nashville, on the 7th, Durham, on the 8th, Washington, D.C., on the 9th, Philadelphia, the 10th, New York City, the 11th, Brooklyn, and on the 12th, Spokane, Washington. Make sure you also catch them August 31st through September 2nd in Seattle for the Bumbershoot Festival. Haley and the Crushers are also on tour. We'll be playing July 14th at the Siren in Morro Bay, uh, July 19th at the Triple Nickel in Colorado Springs, July 20th at Tui's Off Colfax in Denver, July 21st at the Mile High Parley Fest in Denver, and at Pinball Jones Campus West in Fort Collins, and on uh, July 22nd, we'll be at Bar Bar in Denver. Don't forget, August 18th, we're hosting a free all-ages tiki party at Nautical Bean in downtown Slow. And if you want more information about tour dates and Haley and the Crushers, go to HaleyandTheCrushers.com. That's H-A-Y-L-E-Y. All right, let's get back to the podcast with Rachel. She's going to tell me a little bit about how she recorded the new album, Garbage People.
1: We did was new for us. Normally uh for financial reasons we'll uh book like a weekend and do everything in that weekend and do it all live. Punk. Uh, and this time we wanted to try something different. So our friend who runs Pierced Ears uh recordings set up um a whole recording studio in his basement and he was like very kind of relaxed about it which is awesome so we ended up going in for a series of weekends um, so we went in like a weekend at the beginning of summer and did a couple songs and then, uh, then we waited like a month and did a couple more songs. So that was great because then we could like write and record kind of throughout the summer instead of like having it all written at once. Um, and so that was kind of, I think it was just fun because it was less, and that's less, less like we gotta do it right now and do it once and be done. And we could actually like, uh, he had like a box of percussion that we were like, let's play with percussion. It was more like, it was like. Of being in the recording studio, but still not because we're in our friend's basement over the course of the, the summer. But um, it, I think it would allow us to be a little more um, like experimental or, or playful. Whereas normally we were just like, let's just, let's just get it and get it done. And that was, that was really fun to have the time to do that. So we're very thankful that you like
0: kept all the setup
1: in this basement and let us come back. <laughs> so,
0: it turned um, out so great for it to be in just like, oh yeah, my friend's basement. Like, that's yeah. amazing.
1: A wonderful job. He's in, a lot, he's in a lot of bands in Seattle. Like he recorded on you know, Childbirth, mm-hmm. um, a bunch of stuff like that. But he's, he also will go out to other studios, which usually costs more money, but he was like fine who ate his so ended, ended up working out really well for us.
0: But yeah, there's so many Seattle bands to check out and there's so many. I, f- I would just suggest listeners go and listen to you and then do- go to that website and just play. Because that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go on your website and just be like, and who's that? And who's this? And how do they know each other? And I'm nerdy the way that I approach like getting to know like a scene or a region. But sure. I think we're similar in that sense because hey, you have a you have a playlist that's all about bands that you want to deliberately get into. So yeah, I think mean, <laughs> so
1: too. I like that you're putting this podcast together. I, I, I wish I could turn the table and ask you all those questions, but I appreciate you
0: you talking to me like it's it kind
1: of from a similar similar ethos or whatever. So that's, that's
0: you cool. can ask me questions when we come back in October okay and we play a show together yeah sure that'd be great it's on the record all right it's happening all right so um so sparkle and destroy is the name of the podcast um the way that I see the world is like you have to sparkle and shine and do your thing and be you sounds so cheesy (laughs) it's so Lisa Frank (laughs) you have to sparkle and shine and be you but you also have to destroy about like destroy obstacles in your path and you have to like uh, break down barriers and like that's how I see the two elements coming together for this podcast and why this is the basis of the people that I interview I think like they shine and they do their thing but they're also in even in just being themselves they're like breaking down barriers when you think of those two concepts like how do you how do you maybe implement those two in your life or do you have advice in terms of like how to to be that way in the world or how you express that in the world um, I I really like that you said, I, mean, I, think, I
1: don't know if I can say it better than you,
0: I've, I've always just
1: tried to be myself and like like myself and do things that I'm interested in and I think by being uh, like a woman in music and being a woman in development, those are very male fields and uh, it makes me very hyper aware of that, being like the only, when I was younger, only woman on stage. Now, thankfully, things have changed so much that we're like you saw in your show in Seattle and probably everywhere. Now it's very common that there's women in all the bands, or or um, not not white men, and um, it's wonderful. And now it seems weird when there are shows where there's where there's less women or or people in the bands. Um, so uh, yeah, just like try to connect to people that are 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 interesting and, and different than you, and try to build a community and, and try to do what you like. I don't know.
0: <laughs> kind of sounds like you're saying you need to connect with people around you. Yeah, connect with people around you, and then <laughs> try to. Be yourself and like yourself and do things that you like. I don't know. Got it. Ultimate connector. Yeah. Well, thank you, Rachel. I really appreciate it. Thank you for being on Sparkle and Destroy. Thanks for having me.